Hello everybody and welcome to a very, very special edition of TMOF Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, I am Russ, and joined with me today is the illustrious, the one-of-a-kind, the only host of the Heel Podcast, which by the way, the Heel Truth Podcast, which by the way is critically acclaimed, uh, award-winning, a number one podcast in Antarctica. Antarctica. Got it. <laughs> Antarctica. It is, of course, Ted the Hillbilly Heel. Ted, thank you ever so much for, for coming on and joining me. Oh, I appreciate you for having me on. This is a this is an honor and a privilege. Uh, well, it's more of an honor and privilege for me, Ted, really. I, first of all, I really do have to say, your support through, I mean, it's well over a year at least now. I know that not active on social media now, but throughout all of social media, all of the support, even beyond that, through YouTube, since we've kind of stepped up into that, genuinely, we all appreciate you so, so much, and we talk about you very, very highly over on TMOF Wrestling. So we honestly, genuinely, it's a it's an honor and a privilege to have you on today. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that. It's... Um... It's all a con artist. Uh, I'm fake and phony as can be, so I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> you know a that's, yeah, that's the way a heel's supposed to be. I'm like Don Callis. So, you know, I've, <laughs> I, I'm building everyone up, all my friends, and then when I go out, I'm going to turn on every one of them. Because, I mean, I've already told you, like MJF said, he's the devil. So I tell you, I am a heel. So eventually I'm going to turn on everybody and it's just going to be great and epic. And then I'm going to step away from podcasting, step away from everything. And you all won't get to say the last word because I won't hear it. <laughs> and this is it. And this thus begins the bidding war of 2024 for Ted right, the Hillbilly right. Heel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody, we hope you're going to enjoy this episode. We've certainly got uh, an interest in what to delve into. And I think it's only really fitting that we have the master heel himself here for this one, because we're going to talk about potentially the biggest heel in all of wrestling. You could argue, which is oftentimes us. Oh, the fans. Yes. yes. The fans. So that is what we're going to be discussing today. So we'll be interested to hear all of your thoughts uh, on everything we discuss here. But um, I suppose really, the, the statement then, I suppose, wrestling fans are the worst. That's a very, you can put your quotes on it, but you, you tend to see that a lot, that wrestling fans are some of the worst types of fans out there. That statement, what are your thoughts on that? Um, just to let you know, I've got my beer ready for this one. <laughs> okay, well, I'm drinking a bourbon, so. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got my uh, Prague's finest lager. Don't know if I can say the name of it because they're not sponsoring or anything like that, but it's a yeah. very nice beverage. <laughs> well, I'm a um, uh, for my bourbon. It's Kentucky bourbon, and uh, my go-to choice is Wild Turkey 101 because I like the little extra kick. Uh, mm. So you know, we've I've actually tried to get them to be a sponsor, but I didn't hear back from them. So you know, that's where that goes. Uh, but as far as I guess, here's the thing about fans. They say we're the worst, but I think a lot of it is because we're in a bubble because we actually think Twitter is real life. Mm. And Interesting. So I know in America, now I know over across the pond, as we would say, um, our version, you know, football, you know, American football, especially college. There is a lot of uh, what we would say tribalism, a lot of negative. And I'm not on college football Twitter, but I'm sure if that's all I followed and done, there would probably be negative stuff on there. Um, now, I don't know about how it is today. I haven't followed in, in a while. But now, back in the day when I used to watch it, NASCAR, you know, just run, right. racing around track. you talking about tribalistic. I mean, there would people fight you over which car was better chevy or ford which driver was better and if they had twitter back in the day when dale earnhardt and richard petty and all them oh there would have been probably a lot of fights so i don't think it's just necessarily wrestling fans i just think it's a global culture now that we're divided on so much whether it be politics sports 
you know, what social issues, whatever, we just seem like we want to argue. I ironically couldn't agree more. It's, uh, I think we have, uh, obviously with the football here and soccer, obviously for, for friends across the pond, um, it's a similar kind of thing, but it's, it feels, I think a lot of the time it gets looked at less toxic because that's kind of what you expect. And it's a, it's part of the experience when you're there, right? For a football game, everybody's loud. And you, you see that transition in the bigger wrestling shows, which we've probably seen more of now over the last year or so with, you know, Clash at the Castle, Money in the Bank, and recently All In, with those kind of British crowds and, and those kind of chants that, that take place. And it's very much a crossover from how that kind of, sort of culture is really from the football culture. That's, that's where that's kind of really come across from. But I think you're absolutely right. It, when it's on social media and it's a whole kettle of fish, isn't it really? There's a whole yes. can of beans in terms of everybody's going to be offended with something these days, but it's almost like you kind of go out of your way to be offended by something really when you're online. And for me, I think one of the big things is more that, People tend to get into these arguments online and it's it's so futile, really, because I don't think that anybody really goes online to have their opinion changed. You know, yeah. people go on there to put their opinion across. And of course, it just becomes a load of this. And it's become probably more. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Ted, but I'd say it's probably become more uh, glaringly obvious that that's the, the, the tribalism aspect really since AEW came to fruition and, yes. and really since 2019, because you've kind of got this mentality almost that you can't like one and the other yeah. and if you do like the other then you're a loser you're many other things that mm -hmm. we probably can't say um you know and it's the same it just goes both ways but it's a very toxic environment and a lot of people obviously they're just seeing that and so when you look at wrestling fans are we kind of being pigeonholed into a wrestling fan that is only existing on the internet really at this point because the majority of fans really are probably not even on the internet it's probably a really small minority right and and that's i totally agree because i think that's part of the thing I, I read some statistics i can't remember but it was like the people on the internet especially in wrestling because let me let me just go ahead and um mm. digress a little bit and go back uh the reason i got off social media because you know i got my podcast just audio. I just started the some of the YouTube stuff in May. I'd never been on any social media till I got on wrestling Twitter back when I got into wrestling again because of AEW. Mm. I met all these great people, but then back in March, I said, I'm tired of this. And I got off of it because that's all it was, you know, yeah. and like you said there, when it started, because it was, you know, a lot of people, like I said, aren't on there because there's, you know, there's people that I, I know that aren't on Twitter, you know, especially my age demographic. I'm over 50. Most of, you know, we, the older people, which I'm not my wife, but you know, when you get up into forties and fifties, they took over Facebook. You know, they said, no young people, we're going to take Facebook. They're <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying to take over TikTok. My generation's trying to take over TikTok. You know, they still haven't figured out Snapchat and YouTube and some of that <laughs> other stuff, but you know, that's the thing. And you see all these people and, and I just said, I'm done with this. You know, I'm done with this, you know, and that's why I reach out to a bunch of my friends that were from Twitter, give them phone numbers, email, whatever. Here's how you can contact me so I can stay in touch with you. But I don't need all the drama because, again, a lot of these people, it's a majority. You know, it's a small percentage. And like I said, people look at it and think that that's the all in be all. And and it's like, I don't know. It's just hard to explain, but it's just so... It, and it has because when AEW started and, you know, because, I mean, we don't even, you know, in Blister, you know, now, but in the United States, especially in the South, um, when we're trying to say something without being mean to somebody, we say the expression, bless, bless their heart. So TNA Impact, bless their heart. They've been, they just celebrated their 20th anniversary. 
They've been around right. for 20 years, but Math. no one had ever, you know, maybe that first couple years they were considered a threat, but after that, nobody even thought any more about it. They're just there. But then AEW gets on a big network and then, oh my gosh, it goes all to pieces. And like I said, you got to be one or the other. And it's just, it gets ridiculous. I, yeah, it does. And I think, what you touched on with TNA, because that's interesting, because I remember there was the point in time, this would have probably been in, I want to say 2010, because it was, Bischoff had just stepped into Impact, yeah. or, or TNA still. I, don't, I think it was just, it was turning into Impact at that point, wasn't it? But Bischoff had just come in with Hogan, and they brought in stars. They brought in Van Damme. Um, a lot of other people came with them as well, but I can't remember what it was. But it was this big, we're ready to go head-to-head with WWE. And... I think the first night that they went head-to-head with WWE was the return of Brett the Hitman Hart to yeah. WWE. And so immediately the internet went and turned on, on Impact, and which of course didn't go in their favor because they dropped the uh, six-sided ring and kind of took away a lot of things that, you know, but that, that was one of the first early instances that I remember looking at. Um, I guess it was more sort of coined really back then the IWC, but it's just not anymore. It's, you don't really hear IWC thrown around so much, but back then it was still kind of a thing. But you had a lot of uh, animosity and and kind of it, it's, it's it's just strange because it's I don't understand if people that like wrestling, I've never understood the idea that you want a company to fail, you know. And like yeah. you said, twenty years it's brilliant that Impact's still going even now. And you know they're a much smaller kind of entity than what yeah. they were, but they're still going, and it's opportunities for for jobs for people still. They still but was able to run throughout the pandemic, which was great. AEW, probably the worst time to start, really, because of, you know, it was so, once they kind of kicked off, had all that momentum, and then boom, everybody's in a lockdown across the world. Uh, but they kept going strong, and it's it's a big company. And it's one of the biggest things, I think, with, and we'll probably talk about AEW a lot with this, because, again, this is kind of the freshest kind of piece of, this is where the tribalism and that kind of toxicity mm-hmm. from the fan base comes from, at least from the internet that you see. One of the weirdest things I've never really understood is you get the argument of, right, AEW is never going to be a WWE because they're signing guys like Jungle Boy. They're signing guys like Sonny Kiss. These are, not, these are people, they're never going to be stars. They're never going to be big talent. Okay, I mean, there's logic and arguments that can be made here, there, and everywhere. But the argument is you want your Chris Jerichos, you want your big stars to come in. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan then starts bringing in big stars and it suddenly turns to, well, it's just all ex-WWE, isn't it? It's basically WWE yeah. 2.0. And you get the same argument that was being used at that same time when people turned on TNA, which was, TNA, well, it's yeah. all just WWE stars. Yep. Where do you win? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the line? Uh, and and, and, and that's what you said, I think they have to be upset with something that you just have to be. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause, um, I listen to uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast every week and he goes some of those episodes where he went into the beginning of TNA Mm. and, and if you'll notice, Tony Khan says challenger brand challenger brand. That is something that the networks give you. Uh, Jeff Jarrett talked about it. He said, we know we're never going to beat WWE in the ratings. We know we're not going to be as big as them, but as long as we can get a slice of the pie and the cable network is happy with what we've got, that's fine because that's the thing, competition, because, you know, I don't know about in the UK, but, you know, I know here in the United States, we have so many different car manufacturers, Ford, Chevrolet, Toyota, Nissan, all them. And guess what? There's some of them that are like, um, I don't know, take one Kia, you know, the little Kia ones. They're never going to sell as many cars as Ford or Chevrolet or GM, but they're getting their slice of the pie. So what do they do? Should they just give up, throw up their hands and quit? No. I mean, same thing with soft drinks, any fast food, whatever you want. Competition is good. And you may never be number one. You may be that challenger brand. And that's what Jeff Jarrett talked about. Um, 
he wouldn't because by the time they they went head to head there those couple of times he was already out of power and dixie carter and her family and all the other stuff had completely taken over but he didn't want that to go head to head he just said we want our little slice on thursday night and we just want to get our viewership and get our things you know and he wasn't for you know he said it was okay to bring in some but he was sort of against the whole Bischoff Hogan and all that kind of stuff because he they'd spent time because like you was talking about Jungle Boy or something, but look how long it took. But AJ Styles, yeah, a TNA original, two thousand and two. Now he had to go through all them years of TNA, go to Japan, and now he's in his forties, but. If you're a WWE fan, you know who AJ Styles is. It took him almost 20 years to get there. So who's to say that a, a Jack Perry or, you know, one of my personal favorites now, the Outrunners on AEW. I love that tag right. team, you know, and they're, they're getting squashed. But whoever, whether it be Darby Allen or, or whatever these names are, Orange Cassidy, what can we say 10 years from now that they might not be a household name? I mean, even let's say Jade Cargill. There's talks about mm. her going to WWE. She That'd was an original from AEW. Okay. I think she would fit great with WWE. And if she goes over there and they present her right and book her right, everyone might know her name. But, hey, she started out there. So it's possible. So it's like, okay, let's let's get over some of this stuff, you know? It's a strange argument as well, isn't it? Because you, you, you talk about... You know, fans can debate over who, well, nobody's going to. This person isn't a marquee star. This person isn't a main eventer. But there is a there is a there is a point where I because there was a gen, genuinely a very long period of time watching WWE that I was getting very bored of the booking, very bored of the. I just it wasn't as enjoyable. Thankfully, there's other wrestling out there, which is great because you can go and watch your New Japan, your pro wrestling Noah your dragon gate which i because i got into all of that sort of stuff again sort of more recently but at the time it was that and ring of honor and things still but i was turned off from it for a while and it was it was stagnant but i, I do get it i get that you can be upset with certain decisions and you're kind of annoyed at seeing certain people staying at the top and nobody seems to ever get the push but again it's a weird thing you want people being pushed but then you're saying well that person's never going to be a main event well, that's because they need to be booked into it, yep. right? Like nobody just comes out as the main event. It's 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 earned and it's it has to be organic, which is sometimes a weird term to use, but it does kind of have to it's like LA Knight. It's a very organic type thing. People get behind him. It was Daniel Bryan's yes movement in what happened, 2013, 14, something around then. Um but one of the biggest things I, I look to at the moment, and I say Roman Reigns, because with WWE side of things, people hated that push. By and large, if you looked at it on the internet, people, and there is still a lot of it there now, but it's been very much drowned out because of how compelling the bloodline storyline has been mm -hmm. within WWE. There were so many people, Roman Reigns is not the next John Cena. He's not a main event star. He's not interested. In, he's now, if Roman Reigns isn't in a main event, it feels kind of weird because he yeah. feels like a big deal. And that took time. Obviously, it took changes to the character, big changes to the character, but it's still the same person. And that's, you know, Jack Perry now moving away from Jungle Boy. Again, if we kind of put all of this drama that's been going on with CM Punk and everything to the side, because it's all still fresh news at the moment, in a year, two years' time, it's probably going to be in the back of everybody's heads and no one really cares about it anymore because something big could happen. And that's the thing. I think people live so much in the moment that when you you're a few years on people forget that they even felt a certain way about something, but you, yeah. you move on to the next new thing to be upset about. And I guess it's the same as kind of just a customer, isn't it? You're going to remember a negative experience more than you remember a positive experience. Right. So people tend to make a complaint about something if it's a negative experience. And I feel like that's social media as a whole, because people just want to go out there and see how angry they are. And I wanted to talk to you about this because I feel that with social media in particular, there's a very genuine sense of validation that people need on there. Because if you're watching something, you go, I liked that. Go online. Everybody hates it. How many people out there, honestly, and for anybody listening and watching as well, can say that you liked something, you went and looked online, saw how much everybody hated it. And that swayed your opinion. 
And then suddenly you started going, actually, yeah, that was a bit bad, actually. I didn't really quite like that. I think that happens a lot because I've genuinely seen stuff that I think that was great. And I go online and everybody seems to hate it. And I think, oh, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> so I don't know how common I, you might think that is. Well, I, I think, and gosh, I don't want to sound like back in my day, but I'm going to because where I'm older. This younger, I've noticed it with my children. I have a, um, my oldest son will be, how old will he be? Uh, 27, and my youngest is 22. And I've seen them do this. But with me and my generation, I know movies, you know, I don't care what Rotten Tomatoes says. Or even mm -hmm. when I grew up, Siskel and Ebert. If I like it, I like it. You know, that's it. I don't care what anybody else says. And that's the thing I've always been. It's like, no, I like that. Well, you know, and then it's like, again, with social media, I have to defend why I liked it. No, I just liked it because I've said this before. This one thing I've said on so many episodes, especially professional wrestling, because if you guys are listening and you've not figured it out yet, it's scripted. Okay. The winners are predetermined. Okay. Oh it God, is, don't you break yeah, I'm telling you, yes. Uh, <laughs> wrestling is subjective, okay? Just like music, just like art, just like movies, TV shows, all that thing. You, Everybody you talk to, there may be a handful of people that a lot of people will say Mount Rushmore or greatest of all time. But at the end of the day, it's what you think and what makes you feel. And that's the thing I love about wrestling because it is emotional. It makes me feel something. And I have my opinions on it, and I can give them. But at the end of the day, like I've said, it's like pizza. Most of us love pizza. There's not hardly anybody that doesn't love pizza. But we love different chain restaurants. We love different toppings, different crust, all that kind of stuff. But we still love it. So wrestling is like pizza. It's you know, you, you might like a meat lovers, you might like a vegetarian, you might like a stuffed crust or a, a thin and crispy or, or whatever, but we still like it. So it's still pizza, you know, and we can, you know, and then you again, well, this has been an online one. Pineapple ain't allowed on pizza. You know, I've seen that one too, <laughs> you hey. know, but if, you know, <laughs> but if you like pineapple on pizza, if you like your pineapple on your pizza, eat it, you know, so that's exactly it. I, it's I, the I, same I thing with wrestling. More. And that's the yeah. thing I love about being older because I can, I'm to the point, um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Cause this is another word that I love. So I'm going to go ahead and say this here, but I'll be respectful of the fans also. Um, when I, my opinion and what people think of me, I'm at that age now over 50 that I don't give a shot what they say and what they care, what they think. And I love it because it is so much freedom that I like what I like. And, you know, because, mm -hmm. and, and I'll even go a step further. If you are married, you and your significant other probably do not like everything the same. Me and my wife cannot agree on television or more or a movie or what we're going to watch. <laughs> you know, she thinks what I like is crap. And I think, cause, um, I'll say this. Some wrestling writers, creative writers, I know WWE has a lot of those creative writers. I think some of them used to work at Hallmark because when she watches a Hallmark movie, I can work the first five minutes of it and I can tell her the storyline and the plot and that's going to end, you know, and she gets so mad at me. I said, well, here's what's going to happen. This woman, you know, because this year is the year of the restaurant or bakery. Everybody's saving a restaurant or in a cooking contest or whatever. And, you know, the, the man and the woman are against each other. Then they'll fall in love and then they'll live happily ever after. And I'm like, it's predictable. And I said, same thing with wrestling. I said, a lot of wrestling's predictable. I said, every now and then we get a match that we don't know who's going to win. But for the most part, we know what's going to happen. So I said, same thing. You can watch this. And she gets so mad at me. So, yeah. But that's again, you know, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. You can like different things. It's, it's just, it's a weird, again, it kind of goes back to the whole, I don't know why people want a company to fail or why people so care, care so much about uh, a company that they supposedly don't watch and hate so much. Because yeah. for me, and you said it yourself, and this is something, say, I've been saying this for years, but it is subjective. And it's 
it's a variety show. There's something in there for everybody, or there should be something in there for everybody. But we're at that point now, you don't just need to try and look for something in there for everybody within just one company. There's so much wrestling out there now. Yep. You know, it's obviously there, you've got the different sort of generations of things now. And I think that's what we're seeing the most because we've kind of got the, we've got even sort of younger fans that are now going to be uh, using Twitter or X or whatever now. And, you know, they're kind of in the mix as well. And then you've got kind of the sort of the, the middle range lot, sort of in 30s to 40s, then 50s over and things like that. Everybody's come from these different eras where you look at things a bit differently. But I think you're right. You do get to that point where eventually, and I'm, I'm so glad you use the word shite because it, I love the word shite, but you don't, you, you just don't give a shite. And I think if people, if less people gave, if more people, sorry, gave a shite uh, or gave less of a shite, you wouldn't see all of this on there, but it's people just yeah. seem to get themselves riled up. Why? You don't need to defend what you like, whether it's wrestling or, or your music tastes, your films. You don't need to defend it. It's what you like. And I think one of the things that I have noticed a lot is because I'm, I'm sure we're probably going to be quite the same with this, but you, know, you find yourself listening to a lot of different podcasts. And I try to listen to particularly ones that will have varying different opinions and so of course i will have to listen to what jim Cornette's saying because yeah. it's a very you know you know like you said about predictability you almost kind of know you're watching something and you think God, you know that's when i was all in and the the whole night felt obviously it's, it's an experience because you're there so it's very different it's, it's very difficult to not enjoy that because yeah it's it's such a good thing, but even the matches themselves, the my favourite match of the night, and we'd said this, um, Ash and I had said this on on podcast a couple of weeks ago that uh, the tag title match, yeah. FTR Young Bucks match of the night for us. Um, but you know there were so many other good things in there, but you kind of know that like no matter how much you enjoyed something, you're going to hear Jim Cornette upset with the goddamn Hardly Boys, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's going to kick off. But what I do find interesting is that, and this is why I'm convinced that a lot of people's opinions are so easily swayed by other higher profile influencers, because there'll be a certain snippet or a quote or something they say, and you'll see it start appearing in the comments like yeah. it's that person's exact opinion. And I can't remember off the top of my head exactly which one. It, oh, no, I can remember it. Nia Jax, of course, has just returned to WWE. Yeah. Not a lot of people are happy about it. I'll admit, I'm not a massive fan of Nia Jax, but um, did this in an episode a couple years ago now, sort of covering like the, the cyberbullying and things like that, and how, you know, guys, you've got to just stop going out there and just fat shaming her, because it's, do you know what I mean? It's You can yeah. not like a wrestler, that's cool, but we don't need to be at this point where we start, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Um, but... Stevie Richards has got his YouTube channel now and he kind of like, he goes through and talks about different um, things in wrestling. And he, he did sort of a, I can't remember the name of the video, but it was like a, here's what went wrong with Nia Jax's return. And so he was like breaking it down. And of course there's going to be some credibility there because it's a guy that's been in the business, a wrestler. He's going to know a lot more than any of us combined. So, but he talks about it and he said about the, uh, the Yokozuna bonsai um, splash being really dangerous because she was letting go of the ropes and stuff. And he was saying, you know, it's going to pop implants and stuff for any of the ladies that have got uh, any of that going on. Um, but of course he says that. And then there are comments that are coming into, into, you know, on the YouTube channel for BT over here, WWE's own one online. Yeah. Really unsafe. Did you see how the way she let go of the ropes when she went down on her? It's such an unsafe way to do the move. And you just think, that's not your opinion. You've just watched Stevie yeah. Richards video. Yeah. And now that's your, your educated opinion. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a very strange, it's a very strange thing. And going back to Jim Cornette, I, I feel that, you know, we talk about the, the cult of Cornette, so much of what Jim Cornette says. And again, there's going to be a lot of credibility there. Jim Cornette's been in the business for a long time. Right. There are, there is certain things in there that I can look at and go, that does make sense. I can see where he's coming from, but Jim's a personality. And people yeah. don't see that. People are getting worked. And that's yep. the point of wrestling. But they're getting worked. It's, I mean, what was it? that uh, Was it the Hogan quote? You worked into a shoot or you work yourself into a work? Yeah. And, and, all, and it's just, 
it's crazy that people can't see it, but people seem to, you know, people think that they're really switched on um, to what's going on. And it's, it's not like we're always being worked. It's the only, and this is something that I got, I got from somebody. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Simon Miller from ups and downs actually um, personality on YouTube, but he said, wrestling's the only form of entertainment or form of anything in the world where you actively want to be conned because yeah. if you're not being yeah. conned, you kind of feel disappointed. Yeah, but that's absolutely. But when people, you know, people are looking for that, I think mostly in the on-screen product, but when it comes to that behind the scenes stuff, and that's where a lot of this I think stems from really, people want to feel like they're in the know. Yeah. But we're still not. We're just getting reports from dirt sheets or a he said, she said, it doesn't hold up in court. It doesn't hold up here. So I don't know. It's a very bizarre thing, but do you catch any of Jim Cornette's podcast at all? Because obviously as a big AW fan, I can imagine that's going to be really different kind of opinions that you've got of the product. Uh, yeah, Jim Cornette. Yeah, I listen to Jim Cornette all the time because I am a uh, Midnight Express, a 1A, 1B, greatest tag team of all time, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I listen to him. But like I said, he's how can Jim Cornette stay relevant if he's not providing a different opinion aew was the best thing that could happen to jim Cornette because you know i didn't really catch because i'll be honest with you again when i was out of the loop and not watching wrestling there in the 2000 teens um i didn't know there was wrestling podcasts i didn't know when he started i had no clue so i'm sure he talked about wwe probably some i don't know what now he said but that was great for him for AEW to come along because he stays relevant. And, you know, mm -hmm. deep down, we don't know because Jim Cornette is still one of those. He's an old school, always keeping it kayfabe. For all we know, he could love Kenny Omega. And all this is just like I said, it's a work. We don't know. And we may never know. You know, the only thing that I could would about bet 100% on is that Jim Cornette does not like Vince Russo. That one sounds legit when he talks about Russo. <laughs> no, he's but, not fully convinced me yet. I don't he know. Hasn't, well, he may not, but he, he but, nearly got me at the whole point where he said he was going to piss on his, uh, yeah, on his, on his tombstone, great. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Nearly, but I'm not quite sold. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. And that's what I love about wrestling. Like, you know, that's why I'm, I, I love MJF. He's my favorite because when he's out doing those appearances, he's staying at old school, what I grew up on, and you don't know in real life, okay, is he that kind of person? Is he not? Does he, re you know, because then you hear some conflicting reports, and there's a lot of them that say, God, yeah, he is a prick behind the scenes. That's him, really. And then I've heard a couple say he's the nicest guy in the world. You know, right. but he, you know, so it's like, I, I love that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just... I let Cornette's comments go off because it's again. I understand what Cornette's gimmick is. I'm I'm smart enough and mature enough to know. Uh, because and again, like you're talking about influence. Here's an example. We live in a society where a family called the Kardashians became famous for not doing anything. Right. Okay. We have YouTubers. You know, we have people that have become famous. For literally, you know, yes, they provide entertainment, but, and I mean, I'm on the YouTube and I laugh and I do stuff, but there are some people making millions of dollars and they're living a gimmick. That's it, even on YouTube or whatever. So when people are doing this stuff in wrestling, again, you don't have to take it so seriously. And like I said, whatever your opinion, but again, we live in that mentality where I don't want to be in the minority. I don't want to... You know, we see it in the, um, and, and not to get political, but just a little bit, we see it in cancel culture, no matter where you live in the, you know, the United States, I'm sure y'all got in the UK. Everywhere. Yeah. If there's a politician, if there's a movie star, whatever, and everybody goes bad on them, you don't want to be the one that, you know, oh, you know, I like that person. Well, how could you, you know, and it, we don't want to be left out again. That's why I love being older because. I'm, you know, as I get older, my wife hates getting older. I'm like, I want to get in my 60s. I want to be the old man that can go in the store 
and just let out a big old fart really loud and and not worry about it because <laughs> you know people just look at you like ah he's an old man and they'll just excuse it you know <laughs> that's where I want to get to because I, I get like you said I have my opinions and, and I'll listen to other stuff. I'll listen to other arguments, and sometimes I'll say, you know, that makes sense, and, you know, and have a a nice logical discussion about something, and yeah. uh, I want to give a shout-out to BC Hunter Wrestling with the Truth. We talk all the time, and he's more of a WWE fan, and, and we have these conversations, and we don't agree on a lot, but we can talk about it without yelling, without getting upset, without ruining our friendship. Because it's like, okay, at the end of the day, we're just going to agree to disagree. And he likes what he likes. And I like what I like. And, and that's okay. It's okay. It's everybody. It, if you like different things, it's fine. We don't need to take up arms against each other. No. You can just watch what you like. You know, there's plenty of wrestling about. It's okay. I, I think I'd said this a while back. So I'm keen for your thoughts on this one. because. There's a certain level of hypocrisy, really, but you can kind of see maybe where it comes from. AEW fans, WWE fans, the ones that are really kind of, they hate each other and they're, they're going to take up arms. Hate each other because of these different companies. This outsider walks in and goes, don't you all know wrestling's fake, right? You all know wrestling's fake, right? Suddenly everybody's united. <laughs> everybody's going to pounce on that guy all of a sudden because how dare you start trashing that we trash on that like that's we're allowed to hate wrestling because we like wrestling right but you can't hate wrestling because you don't understand wrestling yeah it's such a strange thing like i've always found that really kind of bizarre but like interesting because you know that's that's probably the only one thing that wrestling fans could be united on and there is a big part i, I mean particularly for me growing up liking wrestling it was a weird sort of point in time because my sort of from where I first was watching it, it was very much attitude error, but sort of being brought in with them kind of the, the VHS tapes with sort of really uh, early undertaker and oh, you and Kamala and everything like that. Um, but then you kind of, once you reach that certain point, then you, you, you see like your scene and everything. There was a bit of a surge, but it's still wrestling just wasn't that popular really yeah. after a certain time so if you liked wrestling especially once you were in your teens it was very much like why are you watching that fake stuff for yeah yeah and you get very defensive and i i'd have to put my hands up you know as a teenager that doesn't have any kind of sort of real rational kind of response in my head because it's all just emotions and hormones and everything else or whatever you kind of you jump straight to the defense on it and you're like well actually um, watch Undertaker versus Mankind in Hell, uh, Hell in a Cell, <laughs> King of the Ring 98. This is the yeah. go-to one. Um, but you, you do, you get very defensive over it. Um, so I understand that. And I think that's just where it, it sprinkles in to these. I think it's a lot of that that you use to, to fight off everybody online. Yeah. Normally that's like, oh, wrestling's fake. Because it's never, the discussion's never, those people are never a part of it online. It's always within... And I guess that's because of algorithms and everything like that. You're only seeing really what yeah. the algorithm thinks you want to see. So it just feeds you more of it. But yeah, I've always just found that weird. And I don't know if you kind of see the comparison there at all, really. And if it sort of trickles in, but it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and I saw that. I mean, the good thing with when I grew up in the area, I grew up in, in that area, the late eighties when, when it was, um, uh, that was a good thing about TBS. Everyone knew at 605 wrestling was on. So if you said you're a wrestling fan, they knew what it was because everybody had TBS. So they knew what it was and they didn't think one thing or another, you know, some of them might say, Oh, that fake stuff. Uh, but, uh, then as you get into the nineties, I know even again, I'll go back to NASCAR being in the South NASCAR had a peak in the 90s where the only thing beating NASCAR was the NFL. NASCAR was beaten on TV ratings, NFL, or not NFL, but the NBA and baseball. They, they hit a really good stride there in the 90s. And if you said you were a NASCAR fan, people would say, why in the world would you want to watch them tracks or cars go around a track in a circle? You know, 
and that was the thing. And and we do we do get defensive on that part of it. And I know, and you know, there was times back in those days, like I said, I did, and that's why I love that I've gotten older to where I don't care anymore. Because uh, you know, my family, you know, because my big thing, they're like. Uh, you know, you still watch wrestling? I said, Lord, not only do I watch wrestling, I have a podcast. I said, I'm on Spotify and Apple. And I said, I've been in Apple. I've been in top 100 in different countries. And I've got thousands of views on YouTube. And they said, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, even with Spotify for podcasters, I make $10 a month. <laughs> and, they're like, and they're like, well, that ain't much. I said, no. But I said, hey. I said, I've got actual people that like to hear me for 30 to 45 minutes once a week and listen to me. So I said, I must be doing something right. There must be That's some it. people out there like it. So uh, <laughs> I'm, having a, I'm having a ball. I said, I, you know, it's like I could be doing a lot worse things. I could be a drug addict or I could be, you know, cheating on my wife or, you know, or doing some other stuff. But no, I'm just watching wrestling, enjoying my time. So don't think it's hurting anybody. No, exactly that. And that's why, for obviously, we got the time difference, but this is a, a Saturday night. And, yeah, a Saturday night for me is a much more enjoyable experience to sit down and talk about wrestling than to go out to the club or the pubs, really, for me. I'm quite happy talking about men and women in pants yeah. throwing each other about. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you're right. And I think that's where I, I, interesting um, thing to touch on real quick, I think. When starting the podcast, because that was something that was always in the back of my head, was that I didn't want to be necessarily a kind of another, just another outlet that puts out more negativity yeah. on stuff. So I, I don't try to, I think sometimes I have admittedly tried to kind of steer away on purpose from any kind of negative stuff. But it's just because there's so much of it out there already, you know, the, yeah. especially your big influencers. I don't know. I think you... Sometimes I think as a fan, you have to just step back and go, if I like wrestling, why am I always complaining about it? And if you're complaining about something enough, if it was anything else in your life, if you complained about it, if it was your job, people complain about their job a lot, I get it, and they still stay in their job. But eventually, what's the sound logic that somebody's going to come along to you and say, if you dislike your job that much, find another job. Yeah. If you dislike this company this much, Find another one to watch. There's there's plenty. Or mm -hmm. just don't watch wrestling at all if you just don't like wrestling. But I think to on that note, to bring into the positivity side of things, because obviously for yourself, we've got those we've seen this 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 change in the wrestling fan base, even like at live shows now. You don't get all your flash photography anymore for your big moves, or all the big flashes going off or anything like that. Everybody's always got a phone out to record something. And again, it's your prerogative. You want to keep those memories. And I think that's great. Um, you know, like for all in, I only really took uh, videos of entrances just because I kind of want to be in the moment. I want to remember that moment and not through a phone, but fans, let's go nineties, eighties, even further back. Was there this back then? Was no. there any kind of, was there anything like that at no. all? No. And it's not just because it wasn't internet, but would people come out after a show and go, I really hated the fact that Gorilla Monsoon went over tonight. That's really, no. really annoyed me. It didn't. Of course it didn't. And why? Because no. people were just enjoying and taking in what they saw, like you would a film, and you're going along for the story being told, right? And, and I'll even say this, even like during the Attitude Era, so I was in my twin late twenties, married, first child was born, you know, I'm I'm watching and I'm going back and forth. And sometimes because Nitro would do the replay afterwards, there's some nights I'd stay up late, I'd watch Raw, then watch Nitro. My wife would get so mad when I do that. Um and I'd go to work, and there, there were some wrestling fans at work. It was never about WWE or WCW. It was never any of this. We just enjoyed what was going on. And, again, it was one of those, if there was something on one show we didn't like, we'd watch the other show. We could actually like the NWO and DX at the same time. 
We didn't have to compare them. We didn't have to throw stuff. Now, at the end of WCW, they're close to 2000. It got so ridiculous, I couldn't watch it anymore, hardly. You know, I'd try to turn over to see, you know, if anything was going on with the Horseman or Flair or something like that. But a lot of it, I was like, oh, my gosh. But as far as other people, we didn't argue. We didn't talk about it. We didn't do it. And even if you go to a show, it was never, you know, oh, well, I went to a WWE show and I hated it, but then I went to a WCW. No, you just went to whatever coming. You were just so thankful that a show came to you. I mean, like you guys in the UK, you all have been starving for this stuff. You know, yeah. you've got the WWE, the Cardiff show. Well, I mean, you know, you know, they said it was in Drew's backyard. It was a little bit, you know. Yeah, it was a bit down the road there. for a bit, but yeah, yeah. close enough. But then, and then you get, you know, all in and all that. And now you know that. And, you know, probably, you know, depend upon what happens from a year from now. Who knows if they'll get, you know, 70, 80,000, whatever again. But still, you guys are just so thankful. We take it for granted in the United States. We do. And, and I mean, I'll be honest. We do. Because shows come. Um, since AEW's been into effect, I got to go, um, let's see, one, two, three. I've been to four different shows since they've been uh, there. But even this past one, because the first ones, they were coming to North Carolina some. I went then for 2022 there towards the like they weren't coming back. But then earlier this year, the uh, collision in Greensboro, you know, I'm like, oh, man, they're coming back. So I was excited again because it had been a while. It had been probably close to a year or so before they'd been in the Carolinas. So I was excited again. And I yeah. went. And I got to see, uh, you know, Punk and uh, FTR against uh, the Bullet Club, you know, that that match. And they lost. Oh, and, and then Punk, I was there when Punk cut the promo about Hangman, that, you know, <laughs> you know, all this stuff again at, after the show was over. But it was like. I was just so excited and it wasn't about, you know, and, and, and that's the other thing about people don't realize about a live experience is that if you go, that's a moment, that's something that you get to go to. So even if the card may have not been exactly what you wanted, or even it's just the atmosphere, it's like a concert, you know, you go and see, and if your favorite group, maybe they don't play all the hits, but still you got to see them live, you know? Yeah. That's and it is it's hundred percent the experience of it, and that's when you've got those gaps in between because you, you're absolutely right. And like I said earlier on, we've got a good we've got a good scene really in Britain for for the British wrestling scene. Yeah, there is plenty of wrestling out there, but you know it's you we still want those big shows to come yeah. over because it's the pageantry because it's one of the things I'd seen was that AEW um, is going to have eighty one thousand tickets sold. But oh, I don't know. It just I watched the show and it didn't feel like a WrestleMania. It's like, but that's the problem. It's not WrestleMania. It was all in. It's trying to use WWE constantly as this benchmark of well, it wasn't quite this or it wasn't quite that. No, it was its own thing. And yep. being there, you can enjoy it. Now I know that whole stuff's come out recently about for some reason we're counting how many people went through the into the building. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, because that. When, when, when has that ever happened? But, you know, the fact is, look, if they sold that many tickets, the more people you've got going to something, the more risk that you're going to run that there's a lot more people that then can't show up for whatever reasons. I was talking to a lot of people that day, and uh, there was a dad there with his kids and stuff like that, and one of them, unfortunately, couldn't go because he was unwell. You know, so that's that sort of stuff's going to happen. Um, but, again, it's stuff like that. And I've, I always said, and I said this about Clash, was that seeing families together with their kids is, is one of the nicest things when you're, yeah. cause you're in, you're in, you're there for yourself anyway, seeing it, but I never sort of got to go to it as a kid. So when I'm seeing that, that's, you know, I, it's just, it's a heartwarming thing because the kids are so into it and it's, it's just that level of innocence that, and I think that's really what people should look back on. If you watch wrestling yeah. when you was a little kid, none of this was ever a thing. It was, it was just your favorite wrestler coming out. Mine's always yeah. been Undertaker. So if Undertaker gong went off or it was the American badass and everything else, if, if Taker was coming out, I'm going to go crazy and I'm running around the room. It's yes, Undertaker. That level of excitement goes because it gets us sapped out a bit more as obviously as you're an adult and you come home from work and you're like, okay, I just need something. I've had a bad day, whatever. You're not going to run around the room maybe because Undertaker's music's come on. I might still do it occasionally to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
you know, you, the kids have got a certain level of excitement to them. Um, and everybody else, I think, tries to look at things too objectively when, like you said, it's a subjective thing. Just like what you like. But I think ultimately, that's probably the positive spin on this, is that as loud as the voices can be online, on social medias, they're loud if you allow yourself to just keep going through it. And like you did, you just went, no, come away from it. Don't need to read it. It makes no impact on you. You don't need to, you don't need to, to see it. They don't need to, it doesn't need to be a loud voice at all. It can be a completely muted voice. The only voices that matter is when you're watching it or you're there and you hear a crowd because that's what makes these special moments. Ultimately, obviously, yes, what's going on in the ring and a story and anything that built up to a certain moment, but the crowd reaction, you know, that's really, that's where the heart of everything is. That's what builds a moment. So that's when you can say, like, that's what wrestling fans are for me. I think if we want to look at, like, the real wrestling fan, it's when people just immediately, it's that suspension of disbelief. And in that mm-hmm. moment where you just cheer and it's a guttural kind of roar and a cheer. I did it for Sting coming out at All In when oh, yeah. Seek and Destroy hit. I was like, I lost my mind. And I just went, I lost my voice. I was like, he's coming out to Seek and Destroy and I'm singing along to it. I'm having the time of my life. You know, nothing really matters at that point. Like that is, that's, that's what I, I feel personally is underneath everything. That's the real wrestling fan. But I just, I don't know, somewhere along the way, it just got lost, I think, because of the internet and people being able to to listen and, and like that negativity is contagious for people. And and I'll, I'll go back to, again, BC Hunter, again, Wrestling With Truth. He did an episode a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was SummerSlam. He watched with his son and, uh, sorry, BC, I think your son, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And, again, his son doesn't know about Dave Meltzer. He doesn't know all this backstage drama. He just watches the show and he likes what he likes. And that's the thing. When I go to these, when I've went to these AEW shows, by all accounts, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy are way too little to be in a wrestling ring. But every show I've been to, I cannot tell you how many kids have either Darby face paint on or a blue jean denim jacket and the sunglasses. That's what they like. So guess what? They're buying merch. They're liking it. You don't think that Tony Khan and whoever in the back see all those kids dressed up? I mean, when I went to the one in Greensboro, Orange Cassidy was not on the show. But yet there were still kids dressed up like Orange Cassidy. And it's like, the kids like it. So, you know, they're not worried about Twitter. They're not worried about Meltzer. They're not worried about Cornette. They just like whatever they like, you know? Um, you know, again, being older and I understand some of the stuff and yes, it may be a spot fest and yes, um, they may have to pause a little bit to get in position to, uh, catch him. And maybe it's hard for me to suspend my belief, but, uh, uh, Vikingo, the triple A guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll watch him every week. The things he can do is just. I, and I mean, I'm not big and you know, I'm not saying anything about the storyline, anything about traditional wrestling. I just like to see what he can do because I've never seen that kind of stuff before. I mean, he just right. jumps up, you know, and then he does the other flips and he doesn't. And no, it has no context. And yes, they have to stand there for five seconds to get in position to catch him. And I know all that and everything, but still, man, I just like to see what that guy does because he's small and he just, he's flipping and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, Man, I could never do that. Even on trampoline, I couldn't do that. Even if I was younger, you know, back it's yeah. just it's so, you don't get, I I still don't think I'm still convinced it's CG because I don't know how you can do that many rotations before you've hit the floor. The man's right. unreal. But so, I, I imagine what people would have said about Ray Mysterio back in the day because I always well, felt that way about Ray because yeah. Ray was incredible. The matches he had with Dean Malenko, some of my favorite ones from WCW, obviously yes. Eddie as well, but Dean was always like a big favorite for me. Um but that like now I, I imagine like Ray's like the, the blueprint kind of that would be AEW now, you know, yeah. but we look at Ray now and it's like, what a legend in this business, everything he's done, the things he could do. And he, he blazed the trail for everybody else following. We talk about that. Like it's a good thing. And then we complain about the people that are following that trail and doing the things yeah. now that, you know, like 
Vikingo and Ray Phoenix and all these other guys and stuff. And it's just, you know, you know it's again weird. And it's, it, you get these kind of very odd kind of contradicting statements for things, but you're right. Like, Again, if you don't like that sort of stuff, if 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 somebody being out of position or something, or it takes a little bit of time to get into a position or something, and that bothers you enough, you just don't need to watch it. And you can go and watch something else. But I can guarantee at some point, somewhere, you're going to see it again in another company because people are human beings and they're just trying to do a job. And we all make mistakes doing our jobs. So, well, you know, it's... It, you know, that's the thing. Because, you know, now I love FTR because they remind me of my childhood. They're old school. You know, I've Absolute got the favorite FTR, you know, shirt on. They remind me of the territories. I love them. Uh, but then I can watch some of the new stuff too because also, uh, regardless of what you think about Kenny Omega, some of those V triggers, I do not see how people are not concussed. I mean, I'll slow it down and try to watch it, but when his knee goes up into that face, I'm like, just the the timing of it, I guess, is you know, some of that stuff that I can appreciate as I'm older. I can, you know, I can get involved in the storyline stuff, but every now and then I like just to just to appreciate what they're doing and how they're doing it. Because now that I know that there's certain ways because you know when you were younger and again this was a finishing maneuver a pile driver you mm. know you just thought oh god they broke their neck but now we can see two canadian destroyers and they kick out you know and <laughs> we can we can have that whole debate but still to know what they do within millimeters of having to get that correct not to seriously just like the other uh, well, I guess it was all in, and some of those that Kenny's been taking on his neck with uh, Takeshi yeah. and Osprey and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, you broke your freaking neck! You it know, was, in I particular, it was that German suplex that Jericho yeah. gave to Osprey on the apron. Yeah, and when I'd seen too. that, and I thought, oh, God, you know. But you're right. But going, even going back to Forbidden Door, because everybody went crazy over that Tiger Driver with um, Osprey and Omega. And yeah. people really weighing in on that but again you know they they were obviously both fine but they're they're the professionals as well and i, I think people forget that is that it's, it's really difficult for for any of us to really kind of say that doesn't look safe or that shouldn't be done like that because they're the ones that have been trained to do this and to make sure that they protect each other and get those millimeters right when they're mm -hmm. hitting those kind of moves you know but and um, in all honesty for the amount of wrestling there is there's really a very it's got to be a super small percentage of really serious thankfully a super small percentage of really serious well, injuries that you see in wrestling and, and, now and i hate to be negative and say this but we've seen this but let's compare and i would love for somebody to give the stats on this but every year for i don't know all those years how many wrestlers did we see that died young and then we find out it was because of some kind of drug abuse yeah that is a whole generation's worth right but how many actually died from an injury? Right. And even when they did, they're not really necessarily because of the moves. Because we're looking, you know, Owen Hart, for example. Right. As sad as that was, right, obviously. But a freak accident with yeah. malfunctioning equipment wasn't the actual wrestling itself. And, yeah, there, and there really so isn't. That's the, that's the dark arts of it. And I love the dark arts of it. Just like you can have people like, you know, Jeff Jarrett. Love Jeff Jarrett. You know, he's on my Mount Rushmore of heels of all time. I love Jeff Jarrett. He knows how to draw heat. He's in his 50s. And no, he's not as fast and stuff, but he's still doing things out there. And like you said, Sting, 60-some years old. He's jumping off ladders. He's jumping off balconies. He's doing all that. And it's like, when I'm 60, I'm not, I mean, even in my 50s, and I have to do something outside around the house, and I have to climb a ladder. I'm very careful. This man's in his 60s. He's jumping off the ladder. I'm not going to be jumping off a ladder, you know? So no. I just appreciate what they do, and, and I just get excited in the moment. And that's where I try, because I did get negative during some of the time, and I've tried since I've come back. And there's been times I've been a little negative on the podcast. Like you said, I try not to go down that road. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want to get that kid feeling back again. I just want to watch it and enjoy it. And yeah, I'll listen to 
Meltzer, I'll listen to Cornette, I'll listen to Sean Rossap and all that. But at the end of the day, do I really care? You know, they're getting paid, they're doing what they love, and and then I've admitted it, I am more biased because AEW brought me back into wrestling. So I'm watching these people from what I feel like the beginning. Yeah, some of them were in ROH or New Japan or MLW or the indie scene, which I knew nothing about at the time. But for me to see their characters develop, I'm more invested. I want to see how they play out. So on WWE, especially now that there's so many hours, I don't watch as much of it. I'll watch the clips or I'll watch segments of people that I like. But I'm trying not to hate watch it. And I know sometimes I can come a little negative and I try not to be. I try to balance it up, but nobody's perfect. But, you know, at the end of the day, just enjoy it. Just love it. If you are an MLW fan, if you're an NWA fan, whatever, Impact, whatever, enjoy it. And don't worry about the Internet. Be in the minority. Be a rebel. Be a heel. The heel draws heat. Be a heel. Everyone needs to be a heel. Just forget about being a fan favorite, okay? Get your 50-50 booking. Most heels, I've done plenty of episodes on heel analytics. You can go find them in the archives, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get your audio podcast from. But go back and see. Most of your heels are going to lose. If you love a heel, guess what? 50% of the time, they're going to lose. So just enjoy it. And to be honest with you, everybody, I think that there's no probably, I don't think there's anything else to add off the back of that. If that was anything that summarizes, that really is, there really is the real truth. And there's the heel truth. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Everybody just needs to enjoy professional wrestling, but I can't wait for what we've got coming up. I mean, it's going to be soon mania again, and AEW is going to have a full gear coming up and, so much good stuff coming up. And, oh, well, you and, know, and, and I'll say this. I can't wait for the internet because The Rock shows up at SmackDown. So, is The Rock going to end up being with Roman at Mania and not Cody and we're not finishing the story? Oh, let's stir the pot. Let's see what happens in the next that, couple of months. They, they have all, there is already a manufacturing <laughs> process of memes yes. and everything that's already got out about all of that. People were so quick on it. I don't think Rock had even put two feet in the ring before it even came out. So it was, <laughs> it was already it's out there. All, it's, it's crazy. So, again, that's it. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We have no clue. So who knows what's going to happen between now and then. You know, it's, We're just all along for the ride. And that's it. So just enjoy it. Be okay. You know, I, uh, you know, whether it's Jay or Jimmy or – or LA now, you know, LA, give them a push. I don't care whoever, you know, it's uh, whatever, you know, and, and just, you know, I, I said, you know, Roman's not been my favorite. I've been a little down on Roman. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, but, uh, you know, Hey, if I was, if I was triple H, I would really piss everybody off and I would let Roman beat Hogan's record and be pushing towards Bruno's just to watch the internet explode. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, if it was me, I'd have I would be departing this world and Roman would still be the champion. You know, <laughs> so that's <laughs> I'd, I'd love it just to hear just to hear the I don't know at that point maybe everybody's got Stockholm syndrome and we've just accepted it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, this Ted, it's been absolutely brilliant having you having you on and finally being able to, to chat and yes. everything. And, Hopefully we'll get to do this again, um, whichever way round. But um, obviously, before we sign off on this one, Ted, obviously, I, I mean, I kind of butchered the beginning. I really did go in for it, and then I lost all You're the train fine. of thought. So I'm going to let you get all the plugging in, tell everybody, tell I, all the folks where they can watch you, where they can listen, maybe watch listen. you through the toilet. You can watch get me on. <laughs> yeah, watch me through the toilet. Go in right watch now. Look in your toilet. Okay, unless you're in Australia, because it spins a different way, so you got to wait. But just anywhere you find the audio, the Hill Truth podcast, I've got a little YouTube channel. I don't put the full episodes up there. I mainly do shorts because I can do them on my phone, and it's really easy. And uh, just check out some of those shorts. But really, if you want to check out some YouTube, check out the TMOF, okay? Because especially his all-in. like he said, he was putting up those entrances and I want you to check out their YouTube, go like subscribe, watch those entrances 
from All In and see if you can hear him singing in the background to some of these songs as they're coming in, you know, and see how his voice is because I don't know if he's ever done any singing before in his life, but I thought he could carry a tune pretty good. Uh, I think you've been see now I know that you're gonna turn because that that's I know you, you alluded to this at the beginning, but there's there's no way you picked that up because that was not the truth. That wasn't heel <laughs> truth, that wasn't real truth, that was no kind of truth. I can't, I, I could barely carry myself out the door to go. Listen, to listen, I told you no Okay, okay, again, again, I'm a promoting. Would Tony Khan ever come out and tell you every interview Tony Khan does, no matter what it is, he'll still go back to now we got a great episode coming up this Wednesday night on Dynamite. You know, yeah. you still got a villain. Wrestling is about lying. Wrestling's about lying, okay? You heard it here, everybody. That's what it is. Everybody just maybe that's what everyone does online. They're all just lying. Everyone really loves <laughs> it's it. Line. They do. <laughs> But everybody, absolutely go do that. And if you're uh, if you're on up uh, Apple or Spotify, and of course if you're checking out the Heel Truth, you can leave five stars. The full Dave Meltzer, uh, nothing under five stars. That doesn't help anybody. So don't be doing no. that. Otherwise, we'll, Ted will be back on Twitter or X, and he'll be finding you. Yeah, give um, five stars. Give TMF TMOF some five stars. Give him some five star ratings on Spotify. Give him a five star review on Apple. Okay. And and Russ, he will actually probably read it out if you'll give him a five star review. I might do actually, yeah. But now I've got yeah, now I've, well, I've got to now. So yeah, you've got to now. <laughs> He'll read it out. Give him a five star review, okay? Listen, just give him a five star review, okay? Just Thank do it. Up. Give Thank him you. there. <laughs> it's absolutely great having you on. Thank you ever so much, and uh, everybody, if you listen, really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I certainly have enjoyed being with you on this one, Ted. Um, but wherever you are in the world everybody I hope you are having a great day stay safe, look after each other probably stay off the internet and we'll catch you in the next one (laughs) see you later everybody bye